Apple presents events at the Apple Store. Enjoy the trailer for Lee Daniels, The Butler. Are you political, Mr. Gaines? No, sir. Good. We have no tolerance for politics at the White House. I'm Cecil Gaines. I'm the new butler. You hear nothing, you see nothing. You only serve. You know he got that job himself. The White House called him. He didn't call the White House. I want to hear all the stories. I don't know how many stories you're going to hear, because they done swore him to some kind of secret code. <laughs> I'm so proud of you. Did you go to an all-colored school, Cecil? I didn't go to school, Mr. President. I grew up on a cotton farm. Get back to work. Don't you lose your temper with that man. It's his world. We just living in it. About time you go ahead on your own. You looking for some help? You done broke our window. You done stole our food. And now you asking for a job? I know how to serve. They say this new white boy's smooth. I am thrilled to be working with all of you over the next four years. Dr. King. What do your daddy do? He's a butler. Young brother, the black domestic play an important role in our history. Something special is going on down here, Dad. Miss Bridget? I know your son is a freedom writer. Turn the bus! Everybody out! No, I never understood what you all really went through. You've changed my heart. There's this whole black power movement going on. I gave him the green light to gut those sons of bitches. You know what they're gonna do to you? They're gonna kill you. This country treats us like dogs. In love, Mr. President. We need to go. What? Get the hell out of here! I'm sorry, Mr. Butler. I didn't mean make fun of your hero. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. Please welcome our guest moderator, Eugene Hernandez of the Film Society of Lincoln Center and our special guest, Lee Daniels. Who, who was here last time Lee did this? Uh, last couple times, anybody else? Been one of these talks here at the Apple Store with Lee? Uh, welcome back to the Apple Store. Thank you. Hello. Hello. Well, I'm at the Apple Store. This is really exciting. It's rare that you get a moment like this to uh, talk with someone at such a uh, crucial period in, in, a film, in their film's life. Uh, this movie opened on Friday. And um, has anybody seen The Butler? OK, good. Uh, if you haven't, you're going to want to after this conversation. Um, but a lot of people saw the movie this weekend. Uh, Lee Daniels, The Butler, uh, was the number one movie in the country this weekend. That's crazy. It's totally crazy. I'm normally used to being number uh, 36. <laughs> number one crazy? movie in the country. This mm. is amazing. Yeah, it's very exciting. I got to take it Tell in me about me. your weekend. My weekend? Um, were you, an you were anxious going in. Tell me about how, you know, Friday, once people started going to the movie and 
Saturday. Well, they know they know these things early, but uh, I always feel that there that like there's a I don't know. I always feel like you know something bad's going to happen. So I just uh, pretty much stayed under the under my blanket the whole <laughs> weekend. I, w- I, w- I went out Friday night to Harlem and it was packed. Tell me about that experience. Well, I, you know, I went there because it was a it was an all black. I went to the Magic Johnson Theater in Harlem, and I you know you know I knew that. I knew what made me laugh in the movie, and um, and I wasn't I, my, the, the first time I showed the movie was to uh, President Bush, and and and, and the uh, Mrs. Bush and President Bush, so uh, it was a sea of white people for as far as the eye could see, 600 white people, and I thought to myself, what the, f- what am I doing here? <laughs> and um, but it played really well, but it that some of the nuance, some of the some of the uh, stuff that. African Americans laugh at, you know, those beats were sort of missing because you know, and um, and they got it in in, in Harlem, and it was a, uh, it was really magical. It was really really magical. What surprised you about um, not just Friday night, not just on opening night in Harlem, but what has resonated with you about showing this movie uh, to a black audience? Um, what has what has surprised you? What has uh, what have you taken away from that experience? Because you've talked, we've talked about the fact that Lee has talked about how this movie was a um, movie about a father and a son. Uh, and we'll talk to you about uh, in a moment about how it became much more than that. But, but as a way into that, tell me about how the audience response, especially from the black community, has impacted you. Yeah. Um, yeah, because when I made the movie, it was for... You know, I got a son, me and my partner, we are raising twins. And uh, at 13, my, when I, after I finished Precious, my, my kids were very close to me, and the, but my son started pulling it away from me a little bit. And, um, you know, I mean, I'd say day, he say night. I'd say white, he say black. i say go to bed, he say hell no. You know, and I'm like, when does this shit stop? <laughs> and then, and, but in the, in the movie, it stops. So it was really a father and son love story. The fa- it's a father and son that come together, and that's a universal story that surpasses, uh, you know, race. And so in the movie, in the script, it does stop. And um, but it wasn't until I got, um, and we were shooting some of those intense um, scenes, like on the bus. For those of you that have seen the film. Or, or in, or on the, um, on the, uh, in, the, in the Woolworths counter, where people were, you know, they just want to sit, they want to sit to eat. That I realized that it wasn't just a father and son story anymore, but rather a, uh, the story of uh, people that were fighting to save the soul of our country, and that they were heroes, and. And this is the key part that they weren't because, you know, when you come from the projects and you think it's just a black, you know, white versus black, that the white man's against us and stuff. What my learning experience was, was was that that it wasn't just black people that were dying in the streets for us. Blood was not just spilled by people of color, but that many white people went in to help us because so many black people were afraid to. And uh and that and that the that the civil rights movement is American history, that American history is the civil rights movement, and that's when I said, oh, oh, I'm doing something more than a father-son story. 
So <clears throat> let's talk about that. It is more than a father-son story. Um, Forrest Whitaker plays this butler, and we're looking at, you're looking at in this movie, um, the history of the civil rights struggle, um, seen through this relationship, his father and son, uh, his mom, and the butler's wife, Oprah, um, and the relationship of this one character, this butler, to a number of different presidents. He served in the White House, or a, a butler who served in the White House over numerous administrations, uh, and had this kind of unique vantage point, this special vantage point, um, at so many crucial turning points in the history of the black, uh, of civil rights struggle in this country. Um, we get to see this in your film. We get to see uh, a civil rights story, in my opinion, told from a vantage point, yours, that we've never seen it before. Um, and so it's interesting to me that you start from this personal story, father-son, and then you build onto it so much more. Um, and it's a powerful, for those who've seen it already, it's a powerful um, story. Let's talk about, for a moment, why you, what, what intrigued you about this, this character of the butler? Um, Forrest Whitaker does a great job, but before all that, there was a script. Um, what, in light of the movies you've made and the success you've had, you could have told so many different stories. You could have gone in so many different directions. What intrigued you about this one character and this one screenplay so much that you actually would want to invest and make it your invest so much time into it, and then kind of push it up the up the hill to actually um, get it made right now at this moment. Um, it was Danny Strong's script that was really s incredible. And, um, you know, here's the thing. You know, we all, we, we, I live in New York City, and, uh, and I, as I said, I have two kids. And um, my son is, you know, he gets followed in stores, as I do. You know, I go into a 7-Eleven, he goes into a 7-Eleven, and, and we're, we're watched. And uh, racism is an insidious thing, you know? A lot of white people in here don't understand what it's like to, it's, because you can't say the N-word now that's politically incorrect. It's also politically incorrect to even say that there is racism, so you can't, like I'm too, I'm, I'm, I'm getting squeamish talking about it right now, because, you know, Y'all don't want to hear this shit. It's like, you know, we got a black president and stuff. But what happens is, is that you go into a store and you are uh, ignored just by a millisecond, maybe a half a millisecond, you know? And that, over a period of time, gnaws at your spirit. You stand in, in line, you know, and, and, and um, for a taxi. And the taxi cab will literally ignore you and go to your neighbors. And so I've like I you know I, I don't like talking about it uh, because uh, uh, it's embarrassing to talk about. And I don't want to. I've had a harder time talking about this as to like my son asks, well, why am I being followed? It's easier to talk about, and I don't like talking about that, the sex conversation, the birds and the bees, than to talk about why people don't like you just because. And it's something that's been ingrained in us for a very long time, you know? And um, 
and I'm going to stumble over my words because it's a, it's a very embarrassing topic to talk and, about. And so this movie was a way for you to address that so, in yeah, a certain so way? Yeah, so I talk about it through my movie. I do all my work through my movies. You know, my movies express how I feel and, and, and the temperature of what's happening. In, in um, We didn't know when we did the movie that um, Trayvon Martin had not happened yet. You know, we, we didn't know that when, um, when I was shooting Lyndon Johnson passing that... Uh, bill that act that allows African Americans to vote that I'd come out of the edit room and the Supreme Court would would, would, would would do what they did which pretty much says that my grandmother has to show a white man ID otherwise she will not be able to vote that I'm having this conversation with you now in 2013 is is almost surreal you know it's a uh, I don't like having that conversation. Let's talk about other things. <laughs> it's just, it's, it's too, uh, I choose to ignore racism because the minute I embrace it, it becomes real. And the minute it's real, then I, um, I don't achieve my goals. I don't, achieve, I don't achieve my dreams and I have to ignore it and I have to rise above it. And you had this, you had this relationship between the father and the son uh, the father, Forrest Whitaker, this butler we've talked about who's had this long history with, um, with the White House and the various presidents. You had this relationship between he and his son um, at, at the core of the movie. Um, so let me ask the last question in a different way. What was it, besides struggling with your own son who's growing up, um, what is it about your own life or your own experience today that, again, made you want to spend time exploring that? relationship then. Well, did and I then, answer the first and question? Then, well, uh, then when I, I want to add it. Did I uh, answer the first question? You, you, you did a little bit. Okay. But I want to ask <laughs> you about, about adding, adding to that. Um, what I see happening in the movie, again, is you have, you have this butler. You have the White House. Um, you have his relationship with his son, his wife, guy next door, the people in his life. So you're starting to kind of build this world around this one character. You could have spent all your time uh, the script could have spent all its time just in the White House. There's enough stories to tell just mm -hmm. in just in in what's going on in that in that um, in that environment. Um, but what I find really interesting about the movie, and for those who've seen it, is we're spending just as much time in the White House and seeing the Butler interacting with various presidents over the years as we are watching his home life evolve right along with so much else that's happening in the country. Um, so I guess trying to figure out how to strike that kind of balance between those two worlds. I know it comes from the script, but, but tell me about um, what, made that, what made that intriguing for you and what you felt like you brought to it then once you started working with the actors on yeah. set, designing the period. Each period has a different look and a different feel. Yeah. Again, you know, it was about, I had to, it, it's, a, it's a family. It's, a, it's an American family that happens to be African-American. And, and, um, and the civil rights movement was just a backdrop to this story that was uh, about a father and son love story, a love story about a father and a son. And so the civil rights movement happened to play a part of it all. And so, the, you know, I didn't want to get caught up in the White House and the politics and all of that. I really wanted to just focus on the father and son because, again, as I mentioned, the father and son story is a universal story that everybody, black, white, Japanese, Indian, everybody can relate to that, you know? So it was really, if I swayed away from the love affair between that father and son, then I would get lost into you know, feeling it like an episodic uh, TV show or something about a history lesson, which is was something that I didn't want to, didn't want to 
let's take a look at a clip from the film, uh, and then I want to talk with you about um, your collaborators, the cast, trying to find the right actors for the various roles that you had to had to um, to cast for this movie. It's a big cast, so let's let's take a look at a clip first. Okay. What was the name of that movie, honey? In the heat of the night. In the heat of the night with Sidney Poitier. Sidney Poitier is a white man's fantasy of what he wants us to be. What are you talking about? He just won the Academy Award. He's breaking down barriers for all of us. By being white. By acting white. Sidney Poitier is nothing but a rich Uncle Tom. Look at you. All puffed up. Your hat on your head, coming in here, saying whatever you want. You need to go. What? Get the hell out of my house! What are you no, doing? No, no, Get no, on no. out! Now, everybody just sit I'm out. sorry, Mr. Butler. I didn't mean to make fun of your hero. Everything you are and everything you have is because of that butler. All right. Let's talk about the two actors uh, we see on screen in this scene. Um, let's start with um, let's start with Forrest Whitaker. Uh, the central role in the movie is uh, played by Forrest, who does a great job. Why was he the one? Why was he? Why did you see him? What in him did you see that told you that this was the Butler who was going to carry this uh, this character, this role, this movie? Well, outside he would work for free. <laughs> <laughs> And what you mean by that is this is a low-budget bu- low movie. It's a low-budget movie. Um, outside of that, he would work for my, my pay wage. Um, you know, he had the humility and, and the chemistry. You know, you look for chemistry when you're with someone, when you have uh, uh, two um, actors working together. And I've, I believed uh, that uh, he could be Oprah's husband. And, uh, and also, he's just a... He's a he's a nice guy. He's he's um you know, he's an he's an Oscar winner and he came in to audition for me, as did some of my best friends, Cuba Gooding Jr., an Oscar winner, and my best friend came in to audition for me. It was about serving this material and uh and it, 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 it the material was bigger than all of us. And it was uh not about an ego. Nobody on the set had egos. Um the only ego was the uh, was the script and um and, and Forrest worked from a place of utter humility. And as the butler, it trinkled down to not only just the cast, but to the crew and, and into my heart. And so, um, and I, you know, I came in with a lot of anger because um, it was so difficult to get the movie greenlit. And so uh, I'm holding this hostility that was hard to shake as a black man, you know? And so, but you, you can't, you don't get anywhere with that. And he just taught me to let it go. And, um, and, and, uh, and I love him, I love him, for, I love him for that gift. And, and same question about Oprah. Uh, this was a hard movie to get made. Um, it's, it's relevant that we're talking about um, so many big names who are in the film, because you needed those names to, even to Finance get even movie. to get rejected a little a little yeah. along the way as well, yeah. uh, and eventually come around and get the amount of money you wanted to mm. make uh, get to make this movie. Um, Oprah hadn't made a movie in a while, but you had worked together uh, on Precious. Yeah. she was a uh, executive producer. She came on to help get the movie out there and, and yeah. got a wider audience for it. Mm. Um, tell me about that conversation you had with her 
about playing this character and why she was, why she made sense for you for this movie? Um, Oprah is, uh, you know, she's a force to be reckoned with. And she, um, she and I became very good friends when we were doing the, when we were doing Butler. And, I mean, uh, Precious. And um, we were looking for something together. I said, Oprah, you gotta use your actor. You know, your actor is a, your actor is badass. It's a, it's an instrument. And it, uh, you know, as an, as, as an artist, as a director, I, I'm, I crave for, to, you know, I, I remembered her in The Color Purple. And um, so I sent her a script, and it was like, um, it was like a misery, you know, with Kathy Bates, and she was like a serial killer. And at the end of the movie, we find out that she's the serial killer. And I gave it to her. And um, she was as silent as everybody else in the room here right now. <laughs> and um, with that, she, um, she said, no, let's find something else. And uh, we, we found uh, the butler. We created, we, you know, we developed the butler together. And, uh, but I was still nervous because it was Oprah, you know? And she came on the set and uh, it's Oprah Winfrey. And... Uh, and I'm terrified, you know? You and get nervous around your actors? Do you get nervous no, around Oprah? Not, well, it was, oh, all of a sudden yes. she became, I was like, oh, oh, is this a mistake? Because it's like, it's Oprah, you know? And I'm, you know, and I'm looking like, what the, what am I, you know? And, um, but she opened. She sing like that on set? Does she have that kind of, because she, no, she, she has that way of talking. No, no, no. What we did was we took our, um, this is when I realized I sort of might be in trouble because we Instagram, I don't know whether you all do know Instagram. And so she goes, Instagram. And I go, what, what does that mean? She said, I got an Instagram moment, Lee. And I went, oh, Lord, what are we, what are we, what are we doing here? It's a movie. I'm not Instagramming. And, um, and then she became vulnerable and she became uh, raw and she became fragile and she became um, this really like little girl and um, I felt very protective of her. And she only came with a driver, and I felt the need to protect her. Like I do all of my actors. When I protect my actors, uh, I, became, I, become like not, I become a lion, and, uh, and not so nice to people when, it, when, they're, when they're fucking with uh, people that are dear to me, and, and we're trying to bring a, a vision to, to screen. And she became part of the team in a way that, is, uh, that was, uh, very special. Let's take a look at a second clip, and then uh, we'll talk a little bit more about the casting and some of the other actors in the movie. Here's a second clip from the butler. Why do you think God brought us next to each other each day? God ain't got nothing to do with this. He put you right next door to me. Let me make a demonstration for you. Don't come here with this crazy talk. <laughs> it's not. Some more this. this is you, right? You got your direction that you move. What you doing, my hangers? This is you. And this is me. Now, we seem like we don't fit at all. We just crash into each other. But then when you line things properly, like God putting you next door to me, everything kind of works out. And even if you slow down, I got you. So you got Terrence, you got um, all these uh, great actors playing the various presidents. I mean, it's an all-star cast. Uh, what what do you think it is about you that draws such an eclectic array of 
actors to want to work with you? Have you thought about what is it that you tell actors or what is it they, that they're saying to you that, that um, sort of makes this happen? Because you have such often unexpected casting and yet you, you draw such an, uh, such an incredible array of people to your films. I don't, I don't, there's no filter. What you see is with me here is what you get on set with the actors. I don't pretend to be anything that I'm not. You know, I don't, you know, it is what it is. You know, um, I think, and I don't have the answer. I don't pretend to have the answer. I know the answer when the answer happens and it's the truth on screen. I know the answer. But, I, you know, I'll walk away, I'll go, guys, I, this is garbage. You're, you, 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 you suck, I'm walking away, go figure this out, and I'm gonna go smoke a cigarette, and when I finish, you'll hopefully have it ready. And I think that my honesty with them um, might be refreshing, and it's a, a different way of working, and, uh, and they appreciate it, and they know that I'm not king, I don't pretend to be king. I know that the work is king, and that we are, a, we are truly a collaboration with every syllable that comes out of their mouth to the fabric that's on the wall, to the, to the, to the bacon that's frying in the pan. I wanted to smell it on the screen. So I, I think that it's a, it's a totality of everything that, um, that makes the moment happen. And I know the truth when I smell it and I see it and I walk away from it and I go cut. <laughs> Cuba's here. Come I'm up looking here, over here and seeing one of your actors. My actor Cuba Gooding came to visit me. Come so visit me, So let's bring Cuba. up. Cuba Gooding Jr. And we'll ask him the same question. Oh, no. Hello. Hello, Cuba everyone. Cuba Gooding Jr. Hello. I was um, so enjoying the uh, conversation back there because uh, Lee, Lee and I have been friends a long time, a long time, and I was fine just sitting back there quiet until this question. <laughs> uh, he saw me in the corner going, I'll answer that one. Wait, Cuba, you got to tell him what <laughs> happened to us a moment ago. Oh, oh yeah, we were on the Chris we Matthews did, we show. We just get uh, hardball. We did the hardball show, and we were uh, being um, we were being news fed in. So we had our microphones and we had earpieces, and you know they were setting up to start the show, and they were doing the countdown. And five. His, yeah, and his earpiece dies, and so they're three. Welcome, Cuba Gooding Jr. Lee Daniels. How you doing? And he's like, I can't hear anything. <laughs> He couldn't hear him speak. He couldn't ask the questions. So I literally took the earpiece out. And, we <laughs> and we're like this together the whole time. <laughs> it was the most, I think it was the most humiliating moment of my no, life. No, it was cute. It was yeah, endearing. Whatever. It was endearing. You guys have worked together for a while now. You worked together um, Am I when, Lee, when Lee made the switch to being a director. And, and Lee's background Not, is... I mean, I was a director beforehand. I, you know, but, well, theater. What I was, what I, what I was going to say was you have this, this career that's spanned producing and, and managing casting and, and directing in theater, but this, this was, you decided to make the move to uh, directing a feature film. And he was uh, a and star. You and you turned, uh, and you turned uh, your friend here. Um, so kind of the same question for Cuba, and you can, you can talk about this in relation to uh, the butler, but you can also, having worked with him for a number of years now, you can kind of go back to uh, working with him on Shadowboxer. I mean, what, what tell us, answer for... Uh, I know exactly what the answer is. I've known He Lee's, did not ask a question. I, I'm going to answer my own question of life and love and liberty and blackness. <laughs> no, I'm kidding. Go ahead. You want to answer? No, I, I, he asked you the, same, the question. The same he question. wants me to ask the same question. I pay attention when I'm... Okay. 
being interviewed. Lee Daniels has the most impeccable taste when it comes to scripts. He knows exactly what he wants in a scene. He's a collaborative filmmaker. I've known him when he was a manager, casting director, then eventually a producer with the Monsters Ball and Woodsman. And, uh, um, when he called me to do Shadow Boxer, it was actually for a smaller part. Then there happened to be some situation with the, the lead actor that was committed that fell out. And then he called me and said, I want you to play the, the lead. And, um, you know, I've just watched him grow through the years as a real filmmaker. Um, someone who is, keeps his hand in every aspect of the process. I remember working with Cameron Crowe and James L. Brooks. I mean, these guys are, these are filmmakers that, you know, not, there's not a beat missed. You know, you'll be doing a scene and there'll be an extra that will walk through, one take, two takes, and then the third take, she'll do something to you or around you because she was given direction from the director. You know, there's, there's no aspect of the wardrobe that he's not completely uh, focused on. But I think what makes all of us actors want to work for him and not worry about the money is because we know we're going to be a part of a filmography from a director that will be studied and dissected years and years and years from now. And I think if you look at his films from Shadowboxer, Precious, Paperboy, and now The Butler, there's a distinct Daniel-esque-ness about them in every, you know, because a lot of these films aren't as accessible as The Butler, but there's something about the execution and the vision that is just so pure Daniels. Um, the thing that attracted me to The Butler, and I know that a lot of people are focused on the race aspect of it and racism of it, but this is the next generation of filmmaker in my eyes, and I think a lot of actors will say that about him. Because here's a film that encompasses the entire civil rights movement, but it's put, it's put on a platter and it's dissected without biased an opinion. I mean, you, if you think of the civil rights movement, you think of Martin Luther King and Malcolm X, these are two distinctive um, um, theologies, you know, frames of mind on what is the best way to deal with racism. Now this movie could have been one specific note on it or made you know, a, a statement about it. But the, the mechanism that's used in, in this movie with the butler having to be of one mindset and then his son being of another, you know, it's, it's, this, it's this canvas that allows us to just see history without opinion. And I think that's, that's representative of, of Lee's brilliance in that he can recognize that um, and know that it can be something that can be accessible to a wide audience. I want to give, how many people here in the uh, audience are filmmakers or actors? Um, okay. I want to give them a chance to ask, uh, ask these two some questions in the 20 minutes or so we have. So I think there are microphones. And uh, raise your hand with some questions. Maybe we'll start in the front. Hi, Lee. My name is Brooke Guthrie, and I studied film when I lived in San Francisco. And rarely ever do I get a chance to see a film that I can 
support and love and also see that film make the numbers. And I cannot tell you how ecstatic I was Friday afternoon and Friday evening when I went online to check what the numbers was and see what the critics were saying about how you were going to far exceed the rest of the box office for the weekend. So I know how I felt reading that. Can you tell the audience how you felt when those numbers started coming in? And Friday evening, I knew when you went to bed, you had to know that you had a hit on your hands. Okay, let me just keep it very, very real. Cuba's gonna get angry at me. <laughs> you know, when you come from an abusive uh, family, a fa father, you know, you, you come from a very dark, my work, my world has been, you know, uh, you know, I've not had the best of upbringings. And uh, so I don't really look at it like that. You know, I'm always looking at it from a negative point of view. And I wasn't expecting um, the positive. And so um, uh, it wasn't until the president of uh, the Weinstein Company Harvey called me to tell me for sure that we were number one, that, it, 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 that I was able to embrace it. And, uh, and, and, uh, and I was humbled by it, and I was, uh, and then I became terrified by it, because I thought, to my, I thought to myself, okay, now how can I outdo myself this time? So it was a, uh, it was a very humbling, uh, and, and I thank God for it, and it was a humbling, sort of a outer body uh, experience, but the weekend was not. I, I stayed in bed, literally, with the covers over my head. Uh, today, this morning. Mm -hmm. You didn't believe it till it was the weekend was over, and it was yeah. actually. As I Why said, would you say I get mad at that? That was an honest raw answer. Because he says I talk to him. I'm, I'm unfiltered. No. I always. You do. You say I'm. No, unfiltered. what you do is you you'll get a glowing review. And they'll say one sentence is negative. And I and turn go, it over. Oh, <laughs> that review, they hated us. Like, what are you talking about? <laughs> oh, it's some little thing. I, he focuses on the negative. But maybe that's why he's such a brilliant Artur, because he wants to find the imperfections. Yeah, and, and, and I know that uh, a lot of people, I think what hurt me, what hurt me was, is I, you know, I oftentimes, you know, I want to make everybody happy. You know, I want everybody to be happy because I want people to see the world the way I see the world. And I don't see the world the way everybody sees the world because everybody hasn't walked in my shoes. So when I see um, words like, if you like this man's thuggish directing, or, because what they're saying is this black man is a thug, you know? Or if you like this, uh, quote, gay, man, gay black man's interpretation of the word N, you're you know, gay? <laughs> you know, that hurts me. It hurts me. It hurts me because, you know, <laughs> news to you, right, Q? <laughs> you know, it, it, I don't know how to make, I don't know what to make it at. I don't know how to, I don't know how to um, process, process that because it's not in my, uh, it's who I am and it's always going to be who I am and they will never walk in my path. So they, and I understand it and I'm not angry at it because it's that that person's perspective, because in history, the white man has saved the day. The white man has come to save us black people. There has never been a film where the black man has come to save the day, ever. It's from a white person's perspective. And I'm not calling out race, it's just the way history has, 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 has played its cards out. Hi Lee, can you see me? 
I can see you. <laughs> um, this is going to be really brief. I, I just have to tell you that your movie is amazing. Amazing. Um, the two characters, the son and the father, they live in so many of our minds, the same two people at the same time, because we all have to go to work with the butler's face. And then when we go home and see the news, we have the son's face. And we're always in conflict because we're those two people. And um, I think that this movie helped so many of us because it's the first time I've ever seen something like this done so well where it validates and puts us together. You know, we, the, when they were um, talking about the decisions, you know, each of them you know, thought they should make with regard to what was happening. I'm just saying that this is a huge compliment to you. I'm so glad that you made this film. Um, there was a lot of discussion amongst myself and friends after we saw it. I've been in awe for like 24 hours after seeing it. There's just so much new, fresh racism. When you look on the internet, it's imported racism. And I just think that this is really helpful in, in showing people what they didn't learn in, in, in high school textbooks. And I just want to say thank you. And also wanted to ask you, what does your mom think about this? Because I think I saw an interview where you said um, you were told you, were not, you would never be anything when you grew up. And so I'm very interested to know what your mother thinks about this. Well, film. first of all, how about Fox News loves it? Wonderful. <laughs> Three stars. We'll take it. <laughs> <laughs> Woohoo. Um, my mother never told me I would be anything, nothing. My, it was my dad who really, and I understand, and that's the beauty of the film, you know? Because, um, you know, as an, as an African American, he saw life very hard for me, you know? He knew that hard, as a black man that I would have a very hard life. So when he saw me at five years old walking down them stairs in high heels, you know, he really knew that there was gonna be some issues here. And so, and so, you know, he tried to beat that gay out of me. And he did it because his father beat him. And his father's father beat him. And my great grandfather was a slave who was beaten. So this shit was instilled in us. We didn't ask for it. It is what you are, a product of your environment. And what this movie did for me with him was to finally, because I tried to explore this with Precious and the, not that he sexually abused me, but he beat me, you know? I was like, what the, why, you know? Why, what, what if I, how can you beat a seven-year-old? What can you gain by beating a five-year-old kid? And, and, and what does that do? And I think that um, I was able for the first time to forgive him and love him and understand him on a, on a, on a level that I've never understood. Because I remember, I remember uh, the, the, this, uh, the first slap I got from him was in Durham, North Carolina. I was six years old, and I was drinking out of a white, a colored and a white fountain. And I, I thought the shit was Sprite. So I was drinking from the white fountain, thinking it was gonna be sugar water. And, 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 and he went <laughs> ballistic. And, um, and I understand, and I love him. And I, and I, and I, wish, I wish he were here alive. Cuba gets so many great uh, emails from his dad, and they're just loving, and, I, and I, uh, I'm, I'm sad that he can't be here w witnessing this with me. 
Um, I have a question for both of you guys. I have a question for Cuba Gooding Jr. What inspired you to be an actor? And as for Lee Daniels, how were you able to work your way up as a director? I remember the first time that I, I mean, I was always entertaining. My father being a lead singer, the main ingredient, and, and always having musicians in the house. And, uh, you know, he would throw me in the middle of the room and then I'd start doing the robot or doing flips or whatever it was. And then when I got in high school, I took up drama department and fell in love with this, the audience. And uh, I think it's that thing of just stepping into a reality that you would never normally step into and uh, connecting with people. I mean, this is an energy thing. I've been on Broadway since February, and every day I step in front of the people and I can feel their energy, and I can feel them be moved by my emotion. And it, it's something that's it's like a drug now. It's something that I, that I live for. Your turn. He is, I can't tell you. You know how you, people say, why do you work with the same people over and over again? Um, because you don't pay us. <laughs> <laughs> You're so wrong in front of all these people. But, um. <laughs> But um, what? Oh, watch the next one. <laughs> um, Number one in the box of it. <laughs> <laughs> Show. Never mind. Uh, <laughs> Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> but you know the phrase. <laughs> <laughs> he is um, what he does. What he does uh, to me is makes he makes me feel good. He makes me feel. He respects me in a way that. You know, I was bullied in, um, in, uh, in uh, school. Um, the person I am is the same person that was called faggot, 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 sissy, 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 through, through second, third, fourth, fifth, sixth grade. And I learned to hold my bowels so that I wouldn't go to the bathroom uh, as a skinny little kid, you know, in school. And then my mom just freaked out and said, I got to take you to a white school. And then in a white school, I was nigger, 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 nigger. And so the person that you are is, uh, you know, I would go away and I would um, write and I would pretend that I was uh, Aladdin flying away when these nasty things were happening. And so in your, in your inside, you feel that. And so, and I express myself through writing and through directing and what Cuba does and what uh, my other actors do and why I work with them over and over again is, is that, you know, I don't pretend to be anything that I'm not and they love me unconditionally for my flaws and my insecurities and, um, and the fact that I don't pretend to have the answer. And he, if I give him an instruction, he and all those other six Oscar winners really said it with a yes, sir. And that made me feel like I had to be the captain of the ship and, um, and, and, and do my thing. Hi, um, my name is Monica. This question is for both of you. Uh, today I was reading an article and it said that in 2010, less than 2% of high school seniors knew what the Brown versus Board of Education case was and its importance. And when I read that, I was so shocked. And how do you think that this movie serves as an educational tool for the younger generation? Well, it's, uh, uh, Lee and I, when we started this journey uh, in Philadelphia, where he's from, we had a radio program where there was a d disc jockey who's in his 20s. And famous. And famous, heavyset kid. And don't go into, don't tell. No, 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 I know. but. Uh, Basically, he, he made a joke and he said, uh, you know, when I saw that, uh, you know, the sit-in scene with the, uh, at the cafe, I thought it was, it was mad because they wasn't get, getting their food. 
And we actually laughed, but he said, but no, seriously, I'm a fan of Macklemore, the rapper, and he's got this lyric in his song that mentions a sit-in. I didn't know what that meant until I saw your movie. And he said, and I went to college. So I believe that there's a real disconnect with today's youth, and I think it's because, you know, when I grew up, I, I learned a lot through seeing films. And I learned a lot about the atrocities in Europe and whatnot especially during World War II and whatnot. But there weren't a lot of examples of the atrocities that happened on American soil. And I think that was me. And now my kids going off to college, they need to be reminded. And the easiest way to remind people is to entertain them. You know, and I think that this film, you know, I, I've said a lot about this lately, about how the studios are only making a certain type of movies. It's no big secret, but I think to look at the benefits of that is, now that they've spit these dramas out into the independent worlds, now we have men like Lee Daniels and Ryan Coogler and Steve McQueen telling their stories on a scale that we can all appreciate and understand where we come from in all races and colors because everybody loves the quick knee jerk say America's racist, but they forgot it's also made up of everything. We're black, Hispanic, Asian, you know, Guatemalan, Portuguese, we're everything, and that's America, you know? And the people that are calling us racist are specific with their ignorance. You know, they don't understand that red, white, and blue represents red, white, blue, yellow, brown, represents it all. And it's filmmakers like this that'll spread the word. And so people can go, oh, I understand President Barack Obama, a black man, a president of a nation of all color because that's what we are. I talk too much, your turn. I can't top it, you know? I, I can't, you know, I, I think of my uh, kids who, I, who I'm spending top dollar now on schools here in Manhattan, and uh, they truly, truly know more about the atrocities that happened, you know, with the diary of Anne Frank than they, and this is the fact. They know more about that than they do about Harriet Tubman and uh, Frederick Douglass. And it's a, it's a, my 30-year-old nephew came up to me at the screening in Philadelphia and asked me whether or not this was, whether I, you know, had, was, whether this was make-believe. And, and, and I started crying. I was like, dude, what are you talking about? And I think that this movie will hopefully enlighten, um, not just white Americans, but African Americans, because clearly there is a there is an unawareness of what has happened and why we are here today. And more stories to be told, obviously. P.S. The film is called The Butler, and uh, those who are here in the audience, those who are listening on this Apple podcast, uh, can see it. It's playing all around the country right now, and will be playing for a while. Um, Lee has been has always been so generous to come and and come here to the Apple Store to participate in these talks. Um, and he's always given himself and, and just really spent, uh, spent a lot of time just um, sharing. And I think you've done that again tonight, tonight by just being so open and, and open to the questions and open to the audience's responses and uh, bringing along a surprise guest today with Cuba. So um, a big thank you uh, to Lee and to everybody for being here tonight. Thank you.